Good evening and welcome everybody. I'm so pleased you've come back. We're here for episode two of our School Stories trilogy. This time we're going to junior school. Welcome to another episode of Voices from the Northeast. It's wonderful to have everybody back for another episode. This is episode 9 of our series 1, and it's episode 2 of our School Stories trilogy. In episode 1 of the trilogy, we talked about infant school stories. Everything from frozen milk bottles to maths classes from the head teacher. Now we're moving up to junior school, and we're going to start today's episode with a lovely story from my dad, George. North Seton Junior School, here we come. One of the memorable things for me was uh, my moving up from the infant school to the junior school pretty much coincided with them closing down the infant school at North Seton Colliery. There weren't many kids there and there weren't that many at the junior school. So I remember at the end of the, the summer term at infant school, they made it a big deal of the closing down of the school and all the kids en masse were marched from the infant school up to the junior school. So we all marched up railway road or probably about 30 kids, I would guess, maybe a few more. And the teachers and they marched us up. And of course, there were parents of kids in railway, railway road who were standing outside their houses, you know, clapping for their kids going up from infant school to junior school. And we marched in through the gates of the, uh, the new junior, well, the junior school and uh, into the yard. So I, that was something I remember. And when he got to, to junior school, um, Mrs. Graham, who had been at the headmistress at the infant school and Miss, Miss sorry, Mrs. Johnson, and, and Miss Graham, they came up and then they became teachers at the junior school as well. But there's another couple of teachers I always remember. One was a Mrs. Thompson. And the reason you remember Mrs. Thompson was she always had strikingly dyed hair. It was always, I used to say dyed red hair, but it was reddish ginger, but it was always bright. But she did also change the color of her hair on a fairly regular basis. Um, but she was, again, a very enthusiastic teacher but she always used to stand out because she, she always had this shocking red hair if you know what I mean um, but I guess the most influential teacher for me was a guy called Sid Sid Nixon who I had in my last couple of years at junior school before going up to senior school and I'll tell you a couple of stories about him in a minute but Miss Graham who a very nice woman who was with us at the infant school I always remember she, she had a very strict regime in the classroom, as most of them did, if I'm honest, at, at that, that age. But if you were really naughty in class, um, she could give you a canny smack on the bare legs when that was allowed in those days, I have to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, Behaviour management well, exactly. policy there, that's a good so one. <laughs> I never did any harm, I just used to leave some marks because it was a canny, canny smack. Oh, man, I never did any harm. But also at the school, if you were naughty they also had a policy at the junior school it was in the in the main corridor next to the staff room there was a big clock on the wall and they used to make you go and stand under the clock so everybody knew if you were standing under the clock 
you were there for a reason because you'd been naughty. And um, I suppose I have to admit that I was under the clock several times in the time I was there. But you had to stand out under the clock inside, next to the staff room until they told you you could go back to class or wherever. Um, but they were all fed. Well, I don't, shocking. I don't know, just go. shocking. We're all <laughs> and it was all part of the whole discipline policy because it was meant to kind of be like the, the stand of shame, you know what I mean? But sometimes it didn't work out as a shame because as people walk past it, you'd have a good laugh and that with them and a bit giggle and then you get told off again. But never mind. Um, but all the teachers that were there, I can always remember them pretty fondly because they did everything they could. I mean, they, for me, used to go that extra mile as as you guys as teachers do now because they knew all the um although they weren't necessarily from the village the the, the pit village um i think pretty much they lived in ashton various other places but they knew all the teachers because the schools were small so they know all the sorry i knew all the parents and the kids so they went the extra mile for you so that was really good um just thinking about the uh the um junior school in terms of its layout, you walked in the double gates and it had a huge yard and a big grassy lawn in front of it. So there was lots and lots of space to play and run around and, and enjoy break times and lunch times, etc. And again, there were still outside loos for the boys and girls. So you had to basically come away from the main building to the toilet blocks that were to the right hand side of the yard. Um, but I say tons of space to, to sort of play. But there was also like then a, a tall fence um, all the way around the school as well uh, and a wall to one side and a, and a tall fence towards the fields. And the way that it was laid out was when you got to the, the sort of south side of the school, there was a big fence next to it that formed the boundary between the welfare fields that were next to it, the football fields. And because of that, the tall fence and the tall wall gable end of the building, it acted like a lovely wind tunnel so that when it was a really windy day, both lads and lasses used to get together in the in the gap and you'd grip the bottom of your coat or your jacket and pull it up from behind over your head. And it acted like it's... It acted like a sail. <laughs> and when it was really strong wind, and we were just little in those days of thinking about it, you know, you could easily get lifted up off the floor. So it did. That was your attempt to, to fly, <laughs> really. Uh, <laughs> oh, still still did that in my day. I can remember running across the playground. Yeah, I that. mean, that was great yeah. fun. Great fun. I'll tell you another story later on about the, the strong winds as well. I'll come on to that one. But... I guess my fondest memories were from my last couple of years and in the junior school with Sid Nixon as my teacher. And and Sid Nixon, Mr. Nixon, as we used to call him, nobody used to call him Sid then. Um, it wasn't first name terms. But he was a really good but strict teacher. Um, he had a very old-fashioned class style and he sat at the front on a single, almost like pedestal, uh, desk stroke chair you can imagine the type of thing where it was almost like a little bureau in front of him and, he, and a high high back chair that was part of peering up above you aim I remember that if you were chatting away and not doing your work you sometimes would pick up the uh, blackboard duster and launch it 
and he was pretty good at his aim, I have to say. Uh, and sometimes you get a smack with a bro the board duster, or it would land on your desk and give you a start to, and you can get on with your work. You know? Can you imagine doing that now? Well, I I can remember, um, shall we say, a rogue teacher doing that in my day at school. Uh, but even then, you weren't supposed to be doing that. But we'll let them get away with that kind of treatment. Now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you definitely could not throw anything near a child nowadays but the, the in kinda, school. The other thing about Mr. Nixon was that most Fridays, when the weather was decent, he always used to almost take the second or the last lesson of the day on a Friday and he would bring the whole class outside into the yard and he would play would play around us. But he was the he was the thrower of the ball for each team. And he had this fantastic curveball that he used to throw at you sometimes. If you were hitting too many runs, he would throw a curveball which you knew you were going to find very difficult for to hit. But he used to do that most Fridays. And it was almost like a reward if you'd if you'd worked pretty good as a class through the week. If you hadn't worked very good, well it wasn't going to happen. But uh, I, I do remember playing those games with them, uh, with the whole class. Coming back to the windy conditions, the way the school was laid out, it was almost like a T-shape. And uh, at, the, at the, the kind of west of the school was the main hall used to project to the west. So it, it formed um, where my classroom was with Mr. Nixon. Mine was in the southern part of the school. And this school hall formed like a little quadrangle at the back, which had um, grass on. But it was also the boundary hedge and fence of the school. And just beyond it in the welfare fields was a um, corrugated metal garage that housed the grass cutter um, uh, for the fields, you know. So anyway, I remember one day, extremely high gale force winds. And they were so strong, it lifted the whole of this corrugated metal garage off the tractor, broke the bolts that were anchoring to the floor and, and came over the trees and the hedge and the fence onto the grass. And Mr. Nixon had to get us all the way from the left-hand side window to get to the far right-hand side. And what oh, happened right. was it then blew and blew against the, the wall and the windows of the class and basically stopped there. So I always remember that. That's how strong the, the wind had got. No wonder why wind tunnel, tunnel was a great place to be, especially on a windy day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I suppose the last thing I'd, I'd probably want to say, a couple of things about the school was um, school dinners. Um, we used to have a lovely, a lovely group of dinner ladies at the school. And again, they were all you know, women and mothers from the, the village, the pit village. And I always remember a lady called Peggy Swan. She was a friend of my mum and dad's. And she was the, the head cook at the school at the time. And uh, lovely lady. She, uh, she used to cook some fantastic dinners for her. But you also got the chance to be either a milk monitor. So in the morning, you'd go out, the milkman had delivered usually porthouses had delivered the milk to the school and it was in little gill bottles for your break time. So as a milk monitor, your two years had to go out and carry the crate of milk into the school to each of the classrooms for the the uh, um, their break time. And if you're a dinner monitor, you got the chance to help put things out on the tables at, at dinner and help serve things around the dinner tables. But when you were a dinner monitor, and I always remember this, 
used to walk up to the the counter to get your own dinner and uh, Peggy would say, oh, George says you've done a good job today. He has an extra portion of mashed potato for you. Oh, you'd like some extra extra rice pudding or a bit of custard, whatever <laughs> it was, you know. And she always used to do that. So consequently, when I left, left the junior school, I probably put a few pounds on, if I'm honest, as a little chubby laddie because Peggy was always giving us extra portions as a, as a monitor, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave you with one little story to like do with the junior school, and it comes back to Sid Nixon. On my last school report, before I went up to the grammar school, Sid Nixon wrote the following. They put, George, remember, one man doesn't constitute a team. And his comment was regarding football, where when we're little and you were half decent, at, or you thought you were half decent at football, you didn't like to give the ball up on the pitch. You didn't pass it as much as probably you should. But I always used to look at that comment going over the years, and I used to reflect on it, believe it or not. And as you know, I've used it in um, presentations that I've done in the past. And I used to use it when I got into my own work life to think of, well, if I'm going to have a team working for us, I've got to remember that one man doesn't just constitute the team, it's the whole team. And it, it, it's something I've carried with us all my life, I have to be honest. Does anybody else remember standing under the clock? And enduring the stand of shame. <laughs> Definitely can't do that nowadays. Oh, also, Jean, Alan and Lynn from the North Seaton Remembered Facebook group. I hope that brought back some memories for you. Perhaps not all so wonderful. Depends where you uh, were on the receiving end of the um, board rubber, I suppose. We'll pop back over to Asherton now and hear some more junior school stories from Eleanor. Um, and then, of course, once after the Wandsbank School, I went to the Hurst, New Hurst North Council School Junior's Girl Department. Upper. Upper. You were yes, an upper. Yes, I was an upper. Yes. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that would have been in about 57, 56, 57. So I wasn't at the Wandsbank School that long. Um, Miss Book... I remember was the headmistress, and she ruled with an iron fist. <laughs> <laughs> she was very strict, but uh, a lovely lady. Um, but you knew exactly where you were and what you you know what you couldn't do, what you could do. Um, I can you remember. Were, you were obviously well liked, dear, weren't yes, you? Yes, well, yeah. I was because one year I was a, gla a class monitor, um, which obviously meant dishing out books and things like that, uh, which was very good. And then the year after that, I was a milk straws monitor. Goodness. Well, yes. Get, get <laughs> her, Paul. Get her. Hey. Monitor. I don't I don't know if that was a promotion or a demotion. But <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I enjoyed doing those jobs. <clears throat> Do you remember and, what got you picked? Do you remember what you did to be picked for that? Or was it, you know, good behaviour or good working class? Well, going off my reports, I was classed as a, a very uh, 
pleasant young girl. So obviously, because I, I was well behaved and pleasant, ah, okay. uh, I presume that was the reason why you got chosen for these little tasks. <laughs> um, and when I went to that school, there was between 74 and 84 uh, uh, girls in that those years. So they were big classes as mm, well as mm-hmm. what Neil's were, you know? Yeah, yeah. Was anybody else an upper at the new Hurst North School? Or what about a class monitor? Are any of you monitors listening to the show? Do you still smile remembering that level of responsibility? <laughs> We're going to move on to memories from junior school still, but these are from Jacqueline. Now then, when I went to the North Junior School, that was different. I had a, a Miss Taylor who was in the first year, and Mrs. Jones in the second year. And for the last two years, I had a lovely teacher called Miss Clark. And she was a typical teacher in those days, Paul. She had a beautiful snow white hair. She used to dress in tweed skirts, chunky shoes, and she wore a lot of twin sets and she always had pearl earrings and a pearl necklace. And of course, she had the typical teacher's makeup with a powdered face and the rouge cheeks and the bright red lipstick. (laughs) Typical teacher of that time, I think. But she was lovely. And I can remember we used to have like small assemblies at the North Junior Schools and we would sing all the folk songs, um, hymns, um, and and that that was delightful. Isn't it wonderful that Jacqueline can still remember the styling of her teachers from junior school? I think that's wonderful. Right, well, up next is Neil, and he's going to share with us some lovely stories from his junior school, which are much nicer than his memories from infant school. Oh, the new Hurst North Council School. Now, I didn't realise it was called the Council School till I, I got one of me reports out me 1958 me first report school report and it had the stamp on and it had the Hurst North Council School I didn't realize it, that was the full name yeah yeah mm. I, clearly run by the council now <laughs> that was on Second Avenue Milburn Road so as you can see my education I didn't go very far from uh, Alexander <laughs> Road to Milburn Road it wasn't much of a walk now, according to my first year's report, which ended on the 31st of July, 1958, there were 87 kids, or boys rather, because it was the uppies and doonies then. The boys were downstairs at the North School and the girls were upstairs, the uppies and doonies. Now, um. there were 87 boys in my year group. Now, that was divided into two classes, so there must have been 40-plus per class. My goodness, that's a lot in your class. That, that is a lot of kids, yeah. Aye. But having said that, there was never any problem with discipline because the ruler didn't half hurt. Now, <laughs> the day started, Ian, this takes me back. The day started with the teacher taking the register. You had to stand up and say, here's up. And if you weren't there, you didn't say anything. 
Now, <laughs> and then, but there was always somebody who would say, oh, uh, he's such and such, or he's had to go to the doctors, or he's got the mumps or the measles or whatever. But somebody always knew why you weren't there. Um, but when I looked at my reports, actually, when I was at the, that school, I hardly missed a half a day. They used to mark it off in half days. And in all my years there, my four years, I hardly missed a day, which was I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then after the after the registration, everybody had to stand and then were recited the times tables. Oh. You you remember what the timetables are? Oh, I can get oh, up to at least five. One. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we all sort of knew the tune. <laughs> so some of them weren't quite so sure of the lyrics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we could all go da 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 da. But it was a case of putting one times one is one, one times two is two, and that was every morning. Sometimes in the afternoon, if you didn't do spelling. Now, so far as I can remember, the emphasis on education then was more or less the three R's. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. Now, they were, the three R's were all spelt <laughs> with an R. Now, now, reading's fine, but writing and arithmetic, both with an R, somebody clearly got Yeah, they wrong. failed the spelling test. Yeah, and when I look back on my record, all the all the education seemed to be sort of it was about learning about our country, our history, and that of the Commonwealth. <laughs> that that seemed to be the the, the main basis of, of what they were trying to teach you then. Um, we didn't do philosophy and stuff like that then. But bear in mind, we're well, yes, here. yes, uh, yeah. Now there was always a break in the morning when, and they had class monitors. Then I don't know if they have monitors at school now, but you had class monitors. They were the kids who were obviously favourites of the uh, of the teacher, and uh, they would bring in the milk. Oh, in the was it in the little glass uh, the little glass um, bottles. Jill, Jill bottles of milk. No, a third of a pint. Me best. That's a what. Third of a, pint. Oh, a third of a pint. I'll let you say it. A Jill was a third of a pint. No, the only trouble with the milk was that it was stored inside. So in the summer, it was warm and it was nearly curdled. Or, or in the winter, it was frozen and. The, when it froze, it used to pop the tops off and it was like a lolly sticking its head out of the, out of the neck of the bottle. <laughs> so <laughs> it was very rare that you got a nice sort of cold drink of milk, but you got it every day. I hope Neil didn't drink too much of that milk. Ugh. Did anybody else listening go to the New Hurst North Council School? Do let me know if you did and what your memories are. Speaking of memories shared, I'm going to open up the Facebook app and share some of the memories you've left in the comments on there next. Facebook message time. I just want to 
do a shout out really and say thank you to everyone on the North Seaton Village and Ashton Remembered Facebook groups. You're all wonderful. You share such lovely memories that um, that I get to share with you on different episodes. And, you know, some of them have been shared on the uh, infant school um, episode. And I've got a lot more for the secondary school one as well, uh, or the post 11 plus episode coming up next week. I want to mention Alan, Stephen, Lynn, Linda and Jean from North Seaton. I hope um, the memories shared of Mr. Nixon uh, take you back. Um, I mean, hopefully if they take you back, you duck in time for the board rubber this time. But I, I do hope they put a smile on your face there. Brenda, as well, I think in the Ashton Remembered group, she shared a lovely memory of being an inkwell monitor at junior school. She remembers adding water to the mix and making sure that the inkwells were filled every day. She also had some fond memories of clay modelling with Mr. Sesford, uh, who she remembers being a very gentle man. I think that was at junior school, although it might have been later on. But anyway, thank you very much for everyone who shares those memories. It is lovely. Since we're in the business of telling stories, I thought it would be good to end tonight's show with a sequel to one of our stories. We started tonight's show with a lovely memory from North Seton Junior School of my dad, and I'm going to let my dad end the show with a memory that takes place some 40 plus years later. Uh, well, you know, I left North Seton Junior School back in 1968. Uh, by the 2000s, I had been working for a pharmaceutical company for quite a number of years. I went to straight to work for Searle Pharmaceuticals up in Morbeth after I left the, uh, the grammar school after my A-levels. And one of the jobs that I was doing, or several of the jobs I did, required me to fly to various parts of of the world and quite often to America but to Canada and other places France etc and it was uh, it was run rainy Sunday I actually boarded a flight from um, Newcastle to fly down to Heathrow and I was going on to Toronto and as you know you know me when I get on a flight if I'm there for a while I like to have a chat with people who I'm sitting next to it helps pass the time quickly and on this particular flight, I was sitting on the aisle seat, uh, a lady sitting next to the window, and her husband was sitting between us. So I got on chatting, where are you from? Turns out they were from around Ashington. And I said, oh, I'm from North Seton, went to North Seton Colliery originally. And she looked forward, she leant forward and she said, North Seton Colliery? She says, oh, my, my dad was a teacher at North Seton Colliery School. And I looked at her and I thought, do you know what? You have sort of certain similarities to my teacher, who was my last teacher at the junior school, Sid Nixon. And I said, I said, are you Sid, Nid, Sid, Nick, Sid Nixon's daughter? And she said, yes, I am. And this, this is my husband. I says, do you know what? I says, your father has had a big influence on my life in a positive way. And she said, oh, how's that? She says, I normally hear people talking about my dad being such a strict character. I says, well, he was strict, but I says, nothing the matter with that. I said, he, he wrote in my last school report, George, remember, one man doesn't constitute a team. And his comment, as I've said previously, was in relation to football teams and hogging the ball and whatever. But I have to be honest, as I went through my life um, playing for various sports teams, I always tried to keep that in mind that, you know, one man doesn't constitute a team. It's a team effort. 
And as you know, I tried to do that in my business teams as well. Might not have always got it right, but I tried as much as I possibly could. And I, and I told her how I used that phrase in various talks that I'd done and, and such like training sessions. And she just suddenly burst into tears. And I thought, whoa, what have I done to upset her? And, and after she composed herself, she said, no, no, I'm really sorry about that. She says, but I've never heard anybody talk about my dad in such a positive way. And he's taught for many, many years and lots and lots of kids. She says, and, and she's just so, so nice. Thank you very much for, for making that comment. And I, I felt quite upset because I'd really upset this woman, you know. But when we got off the flight at Heathrow and, and they were going in a different direction, both her and her husband said, oh, this has been really great to meet you. Thank you very much. Really, really enjoyed your company. And, and thanks for what you said about my dad, Sid Nixon. So there you go. Years and years later, next generation of his family, I happened to meet up on a, on a flight, which I think was a nice uh, nice thing to, to actually talk about. And, and she felt really good about her dad in that respect anyway. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that wonderfully circular to be able to meet the family of somebody that had such an impression on your life and be able to tell them, you know, how much that meant to you and how much it's influenced you for decades after? I had to have that story shared. I hope you've enjoyed it. And so ends our time at junior school. Thank you to those that have been following this mini-series within the series. Uh, we've done infant school, we've been to junior school, and next, well, next we find out who passed the 11 plus and who didn't, I suppose. Thank you, as ever, for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Those of you that are subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and uh, Spotify, it's absolutely wonderful to see those numbers uh, jumping up to show me how many people are you know, regularly listening. But equally, every time you tap on the link and listen to this show via the web, it does tell me. So it's lovely to know how many people are listening. And you're in the hundreds now, which is absolutely amazing. Um, it is worthwhile sharing these stories anyway, because I just, I want them captured for history's sake. Uh, but it's even more rewarding, actually, to know that other people are listening, really enjoying and coming back week after week. We are going to stick to the Friday release dates. I know I said I would be possibly moving to every two weeks, but actually I've got enough stories to share week after week. Now, we've got one more episode of what I'm calling Series 1. That'll be next Friday senior school or 11 plus and beyond stories and then we're going to take a short break but it might not be a break really because there are some sneaky little snippets i might release as mini special episodes you'll have to stay tuned for that anyway thank you take care stay safe and i'll speak to you all soon <laughs>